Hey, this is Laura and Taya from Your Little Sisters Productions, and we are doing I Am Number Four tonight for our podcast. Now, Taya has read the book, and she's reviewed a lot of things from it for this podcast today. I have never read the book. I've been interested in it. I just haven't gotten around to it. So this week, Taya is our source material expert, and I am going off movie alone. So our first question, or our first category for tonight, excuse me, is is the story good? Not is the movie good? It, none of that. It just is the story or the premise of the movie generally a good plot. So I am number four starts off with this. Not first, I have to say at first, I generally thought he was an adult or at least a college student. Turns out he's a high school student. But he's surfing, having fun. He's out in the ocean with this girl and they're like talking. And um, all of a sudden he gets an immense pain in his leg and goes under. And his leg is literally like lighting up yellow or blue. But it's bright light coming from his leg. He sees like this weird. Oh, my gosh. I forgot the actual opening of the movie. That's not the opening. That's the second. (laughs) Because I was going to say, he sees someone get murdered. That's the opening scene. I had forgotten about it. We actually open in a jungle. I'm sorry. In a jungle. We know something's tracking something. And we see these two people, an older adult and what looks like a little teenage boy, get killed. Very tragic. Then we open on the surfing scene. um, And when he's under the water holding his leg. Sorry, what? Oh, they're on jet ski. I said they're on jet ski. Yeah, they're on jet skis. He does a flip because he's cool. He can flip his jet ski up. They make fun of him for being that guy. Then he's in the water with this girl. (laughs) Then his leg lights up. It's on fire or it feels like it's on fire. It gives him a scar. And while he's under the water because he was in the ocean already when it started hurting, he goes under and he sees his leg lighting up. He sees like a vision almost of... um, of the boy that we just we just saw get stabbed and killed get stabbed and killed and this like the person who did it basically being telling him i want you to feel what's coming this is coming for you we're we're coming after you he gets out of the water the girl runs away terrified and says he's a freak he runs away he gets found it looks like the next morning by someone we learned is henry who is his guardian They have to hightail it out of there and go to a new place called Paradise, Ohio. They have to change names, change identity. They have this really cool gadget that lets them erase every picture of the main character off the internet. And I don't know what to call him until he gets his new ID, which is John Smith. So from now on, he'll be John Smith or number four or his names, apparently. I don't remember what his name was at the very beginning, but I think it was Daniel. Anyway, but now he's John. But it's not important. (laughs) Yeah, now it's John Smith for the ninety-something percent of the movie. They're in Paradise, Ohio. He's going to a new school. You know, he's told he has to lay low and be careful. He runs into the. It's a typical high school Hollywood movie scene. You have like the jock bullies. You have the nerds that get picked on. You have like this cool artistic girl who wants to be a photographer, who's kind of a little bit of an outcast just because she's artsy and it's a small town. Of course, you can guess who he goes. He becomes friends with the nerd and the photographer girl. And then over the course of the movie, um, he finds out that his nerd friend hit and that nerd friend's dad were obsessed with aliens. And eventually 
the nerd sees number four or John's powers, which he gets where his hands light up and he's mega strong and he can do all these kind of telekinetic abilities. The friend sees that the girl, he, when John saves the girl from these teenage boys who were trying to attack them and actually pulled her away to her ex-boyfriend who is crazy. Also, by the way, side note, the ex-boyfriend, crazy ex-boyfriend is played by Luke from Percy Jackson and the girl who's I know I, I, I literally saw him and I went Luke I like this guy you please eat as a good bad guy um and then uh the girl the photographer girl is Quinn Fabray from Glee so it was fun anyway so when he saves her in the woods from these guys the nerdy friend sees it but the nerdy friend is you know cool with it because he's always believed in aliens and everything they go on they find out that these Mogadorians I think is what they're called are this alien species going after number four and all these other ones. Apparently there were nine children that escaped this other planet we learn called Lorian. They came to Earth with guardians and they're the last of their kind and apparently they're supposed to stop the Mogadorians. And the Mogadorians are hunting them down and they're killing them in order. Now it never says why they were assigned numbers and why they're being killed in order, but we just know they're going in order. Number three was just killed. That was the beginning of the movie. So now it's number four's turn. He gets in a bunch of trouble. Um, a bunch of things happen basically and his guardian unfortunately passes away or gets killed really while protecting number four. And then we meet number six down the line who's a girl and she comes and she helps all of them out of the scrape from the Mogadorians who are chasing them. And then at the end, he has to leave the town obviously. And he has to go find all the other numbers five and then seven, eight and nine would be the only ones left because they're stronger with their powers together. And they have to stop these Mogadorians from taking over earth. Their nerdy friend comes with them because he has an abusive stepdad. I don't know where his mom is. They don't really mention her. And so he and he loves alien stuff and he helped them out a lot. They, however, leave the girl behind. And that is the move. There wasn't a whole lot of plot there. I'm going to be honest. It's just a very basic something's hunting him and he's on the run. And eventually they catch up with him and a fight happens. And then he's on the run again. And there's yeah, alien. <laughs> and there's and they're aliens they are from a different planet so the storyline the plot itself i actually like it's interesting i didn't i i i wish the movie had explained a bit more about the alien aspects but i can tell that was probably the a movie thing not like a plot thing from the books which i'm sure go into detail <laughs> um but the for the overall plot i am giving it an a plus um, Taya, how what's the plot for the book? <laughs> because apparently it's okay. different. <laughs> I mean, the overall plot is the same. They are aliens. There's another alien race that is chasing them, trying to destroy them, and they catch up with them, and they fight, they win, and then they go looking for that. That's all. I mean, that that is the storyline. There's just a lot of details that are absolutely not the same (laughs) um so for the overall story (laughs) what do you rate it for just the overall this the story of the movie well the overall plot the alien race being chased by another alien race here on earth and 
pulling well, an order of the numbers, which they never, again, they never explain in the movie, but I'm sure there's a reason they have to kill them in order. Yes, that is basically the entire premise of the book, is that they have to be killed in order. So, okay. <laughs> so, for the movie, I wouldn't probably give it an A+, plus because it was interesting, but it didn't have enough information to make uh, sense for what it was, and it also didn't have the character um, relationships that are in the book, and so it's like, I don't know. I that's how the, that's how the movie told the story. I'm asking if someone came to you with that premise, just the premise, not well, the movie. Yeah. Would, would you be okay with that plot? Like, not how the movie did it. Just like, hey, I want these no, these two no, alien races on Earth. <laughs> yeah, no, this is my thought process. Is that yeah. the plot itself doesn't make sense? Okay, like the plot of the movie doesn't make sense, and that bothers me. Just I don't like plots that don't make sense. You know, like they need to tie together at some point. This plot never tied together. It does in the book, but it didn't in the movie. So if somebody came to me with this plot, I would have questions. And then once those questions were answered, I'd be like, okay, yeah, I can work with that plot. Okay. But, so I would say it's not a great plot just because it doesn't make sense. <laughs> I mean, I agree with you. Again, I've, I've said this whole time. The movie doesn't go into a whole lot of detail. I even like messaged you earlier. I was like, they didn't answer a lot of things, but... The general plot, like you, if, if someone came to me, I would definitely see the. I would I would be interested in watching it or making it, and that's kind of why I give it an A plus because I feel like the premise is good. I don't feel the execution of the movie was good because it actually gave me more questions and answers by the end. Yeah, but the premise, and I think- the premise is okay. I like the premise. <laughs> Okay, here's the thing. The premise of the book, like, if you were to give an elevator pitch for the book, it wouldn't be the plot of that mm-hmm. movie. It would have been, hey, so it's kind of like Superman where the planet gets destroyed and they send off, you know, their children for one last hope. They have a really powerful guy that puts a charm on them so that as long as they are separated, they can only be killed in order. So the safest one is going to be the last number and their numbers are assigned randomly. And so that will protect them because you cannot kill them if you if you try to kill any of them except for the one that is you know, like up next, they won't die. And whatever they and whatever you do to kill them will happen to you. Isn't that a cool premise? Like I mean, whatever you do to kill them, that the ones that can be killed or the ones that can't be killed? The ones that can't be killed. So like six. Mm-hmm. It explains later, like, she gets um, starved to death, but she doesn't die. Yeah, because she's out of they order. Get shot, right, and they get shot, and the, the person that shoots them dies from the bullet wound. Like, oh, they cannot okay. die. They cannot die out of order. Yeah. And that's because of a charm that was put on them right before they were, right before they left. That's what their necklaces were. Yes. Because in the movie, they had necklaces. They collected the necklace at the very beginning after they killed three. And you saw one, two, and then with the third one, it was three. And so I thought they must be after the necklaces. That was my first thought. I was like, oh, they're trying to collect the necklaces. There must be, like, they must be powerful or an ancient artifact or something. Yeah. And then they never said what the necklaces were. They just kind of had them there. They kind of assume that you've read the book and know what's going on. 
And um, you know, hey, when movies do that, like it should stand on its own two feet because not everyone's going to read the book. And even if they do, it should still stand on its own two feet. I agree. So that like, but if you were to pitch the like the book to someone, that would be the premise that you went with was these kids have to be killed in order. And then we're going to focus on this one kid because in the rest, there's this, it's a series of seven books. Oh, wow. And this is the first, yeah, this is the first one. And it's on obviously number four. And this is sort of his life and what he has to deal with. And then the other ones go on to um, different storylines and stuff as they all come together. But basically they um if they're close together like within close proximity the charm is broken and any one of them can die it doesn't really explain whether or not any of them can die or just the two that are close together yeah but um i'm but sure it's like this- go on because then they find more of them well and it doesn't explain it and so like the problem i have with the movie is the stakes are completely different for one yeah. thing uh Henri, who is not Henry, is Henri. <laughs> He's French. Um, Henri. <laughs> yeah. Henri doesn't die that early. He dies in the Battle of Paradise High School, the very final battle. And oh. so, yeah. And he, like, and so the stakes for that battle are very different because Six shows up, and if they're close together, they can die. <laughs> So she can die. Like, he could die anyway because he was number four. But yeah. she could die. So her yeah. showing up there broke the charm. Yeah. For that, you know, like, if they separate, then they're... So the if I was a guardian, I'd be ticked off. I'd be like, run the right. other direction. <laughs> <laughs> so the stakes are very different in the final battle. And it doesn't explain that. And it doesn't say anything. And it's like, I feel like they took away everything that made the final... Like, uh, Bernie Kozar, who's his dog... Yeah. Like that battle was really like emotional because he almost dies, the dog, and yeah. then he turns into the monster, <clears throat> fights the one monster, and almost dies. Then John's about to die, and Bernie Kozar fights the other monster again. And it's like he's on his deathbed and he's going to die. And the poor dragon, well, he, okay. And first of all, he does not like blow up into a giant big dog with like a hammer tail he (laughs) turns into a dragon without wings (laughs) and a lot of fans were very upset that they didn't get to see a dragon without wings (laughs) okay I feel like we should start at the beginning and go from there because we're talking all about the end so really sorry if you haven't seen the movie or the book but that's the final battle the final battle is completely different movie to book yeah we're book to movie excuse me so and let's start at the very beginning of the movie. How old is number four supposed to be at this point? Um, he's, he's supposed to be in high school. He's a like seventeen. He's a senior in high school. Why did they? And it 17? is supposed to be fall. Okay. Sorry, <laughs> I just feel like every teenage these days starts off with them at seventeen. It's like this magic yeah, well, age. Well, because he has to leave high school, but he has to be in high school. So <laughs> it got to be at that. But the very first shot of the movie um, after three dies is him like hanging out and being all popular and cool. And it's like, nope, he was a nerd. That's why he's friends with Sam was <laughs> because he was a nerd. He was very tall and very muscular. So he didn't look like a nerd, but he was a nerd and he didn't know how to talk to girls and he didn't know how 
to like be sociable because he moved around all the time. So yeah. he was a weirdo. Yeah. He was not like pretty much came off as like knew how to talk to girls, very confident in talking to girls and in himself and everything. And yeah, I thought he was friends with Sam just because he'd been to so many high schools. Like he figured out it's better to be friends with the nice guys than the bullies. So and Sam's character is very different. So the one that they got right, like we're going into character now. Sorry, but um, the one they got right was uh, Sarah. <laughs> she was very typical girl. And like, I feel like they nailed her. Like she was exactly what you expected. You know, she was a small um, town girl who had aspirations of leaving and doing art. Yeah. Being a photographer. And, uh, people didn't understand her. Yeah. Being a photographer and people didn't understand her yeah. or her desires so also, I mean I, I liked her I, I don't know if there was a character in this movie I actually really hated the portrayal of but again I'm not coming from the no there was number six but we'll get to that um, so the beginning the beginning <laughs> the beginning scene sorry did you say you hate her or like her six is nothing like in the book so oh, okay I'm I'm glad to hear that because I will bring up my issues with her later on. So the beginning scene um, introduces number four, the main character. Do they have names or just numbers, by the way, like as their real identities? Um, they have their own, like, because their identities change because they all move around all the yeah. time. Um, like their birth name. They don't. Yeah, they don't have like original Lorian names. No. Okay, I was just wondering. So number four, he's completely different in the book than he is in the movie. In the movie, he comes off as a popular guy, as a guy that all the girls want. He's very confident. He, you know, starts off on the jet, jet skis and does a flip and all this stuff. Yeah, no. And he seems perfectly <laughs> fine in the ocean with that girl, Nicole, and then later with Sarah when he meets her and stuff. Yeah, so. it's not, no. No, that was <laughs> so not. So they got him now. <laughs> They got him wrong. Okay. Um, for Sam, so Sam was definitely nerdy. He was into UFO things, but he like. I really, it really bothers me that they don't have him wear glasses because it's a huge part of his character that he wears glasses, and then he wears a NASA T-shirt all uh, or NASA sweater all the time, and that's like a huge, like huge part of his character. You don't think it is, but by the end of the book, you find out that. Um, he wears like he doesn't need glasses and he's always like squinting in his glasses and taking like moving them and stuff and finally for or somebody asked him i don't remember but the reason why he wears the glasses is because they were his dad's and his dad was abducted by aliens or he thinks you know and so like even though people are picking on him and calling him crazy like he loved his dad and he believed that his dad was taken he never doubted his dad um and so it's like when, when he like showed up and he didn't have the glasses on, I was like, what? That was my favorite part of his character. Cause it was just like, he literally like wore glasses when he didn't need glasses <laughs> and he was a nerd. <laughs> and, like, I don't know. It, that, that was a, a bothersome thing to me. He wasn't, I didn't dislike the character that they had of Sam. Like he had the quips and stuff, but I feel like the, just the vibe of the character was wrong and then Sarah I think they got right Mark um who's the bully who's that you know the kid that plays Luke and Percy Jackson um he like starts out nice which in the book he's always a jerk like the very first time he sees 
John, he trips him and he falls on his face. Like, like that's the very first time we're introduced to him. Is like he's already bullying him. He's already a jerk. Um, so I was like, why? Do, maybe they did that just because of the whole Luke thing. <laughs> like they paralleled <laughs> his character there. Um, and then because well, he first off, you think he's nice, and then. But here's the thing: I knew from well. Obviously, we know from when he pushes Sam down, he's a bully. But I knew from the second he walked up, he was a bully. I was like, there's no way they pegged him for some sort of athlete. And that's why they were, like, being nice to him. Because he's tall and muscular. And they were disappointed when they heard he didn't play any sort of sport. Yeah, no. He was always a nerd. <laughs> and, um, um who's the next? Oh, Henri. So, the relationship between John and Henri in the movies... It's not even close. Yeah, he's not like a teenager who's being forced to move around. He, you know, Henri is his dad. He loves him. And they never, like, they, they don't fight. They're not jerks. He teaches him about Lorian. He, te- like, they know about the box. He knows about his legacies from the very beginning. He already has legacies. He already has the super strength. He already has his fires. Uh, resilience he already has his super speed um and Henri is concerned that he doesn't have his telekinetics yet like he should have already gotten it and he hadn't he got a different one that he didn't know what it was and they never mentioned it at all in the movie but um he so the uh lumen is actually his third legacy because he has the one that all of them have, which is the speed, the, I don't remember what it's called, actually, but it's like the speed, the fire resistance, and the super strength. They all have that. And then they each have individual um, legacies. He gets the light legacy from um, being, like, super bullied by Mark. Not Mark coming into a classroom and, like, saying three words to him. He gets it because he's, like... (laughs) like they play a prank on on him and Sam and then they like trip him in the hallway and it was like a big ordeal where he was super embarrassed and he lost control very different (laughs) um but the relationship between Henri and John is very different like John picks the name John Smith not Henri John doesn't necessarily want to go to school Henri has him go to school like it was I don't know. Their relationship is just completely different. He taught him all about Lorian stuff. He told him all about the legacies from the time he was little. He knew about it. It wasn't like, oh, you're getting legacies now. Like, and like, no, he's always had legacies and he trained him. Um, the timeline in the book is almost a, like, it's a, almost the school year because um, he starts dating Sarah early. He goes to her house for Thanksgiving and then the haunted hayride stuff happens on Halloween, which I don't know why they have it in the spring. It doesn't even make sense. The spring spring. That was really weird. Also, can we talk about how this small town, how like the biggest budget ever for everything in their their (laughs) fair. I was like, dang, I've been in haunted houses before as, as I, as a blah, 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 blah. as an actor if I can you know speak <laughs> one of my roles was non-speaking wonder why anyway <laughs> but I've been in haunted houses with budgets and we got nowhere near near there 
Like yeah. that was the top. That would be like me going to Hollywood and like all the biggest fanciest. That that's what you get at the really really fancy ones that you have to pay like 40 50 bucks just to get in like that was a nice haunted house i want to work in that haunted house i love i love them but yeah that small town tiny little hinkadink town and not only the haunted house was high was really high budget and they had like yeah. really good actors in there <laughs> from the small town <laughs> they had like every ride imaginable and it looked so nice and clean and new and it was not like the, the the fairs I've been to, and I'm not from a small town. I'm from the city, and the, our fairs don't look that nice, except like <laughs> the one that travels everywhere. But yeah, Spring Scream was really weird that they did that. Um, and I don't mind that we're talking about characters because one, while it is one of our categories, I feel like it ties into the story so much because character relations and their growth. Especially because it ties into the whole storyline between Henri or Henry in the movie. Excuse me, because yeah, it like changes motivations, which changes the story. Yeah, like that's what I mean. Like, yeah, they technically kept the same plot, but like, no, <laughs> because him and Henri were like they didn't fight that much, and they didn't they they didn't have like this angry teenage angst against him. It was just like, yeah, he's here to protect me. And so I have to do what he says. He's like a father to me. And he wasn't all obsessed with like hiding and blending. You know, he wanted him to keep his head down, obviously. And he did, they did make sure that nothing on the internet went out. You know, like he wasn't allowed to have pictures of him. Sarah kept taking pictures of him. You know, like it was a thing, but it was just done in a way that it was like their relationship was completely different than other relationships like than the relationship in the book and it bothered me because I don't think you really get to know Henri and then yeah. at the end he's not even there yeah like he's not at the battle and so the battle is just like superpowers versus monsters rather than a teenager losing his dad you know having his dog finding out that his dog is a monster <laughs> you know like <laughs> possibly losing his girlfriend and having and then finding six who's risking her life to be there for them and hearing her like it, it all happened really quickly and that was like really a big emotional battle that made this you know cool sci-fi like it made it personal and the movie just made it into like two beasts are fighting each other and superpowers versus monsters. And it was just, it was very, like, it was a cool fight, <laughs> but it didn't have yeah. any like emotional stakes in it because, yeah, yeah everybody had plot armor. <laughs> and exactly. except for Henri, and Henri was already dead, you know? Yeah, I. You know, I'm very deeply emotional. I didn't really feel that much with Henry Seth because you're, as you said, we don't really get to know him in the movie. He was kind of, it, it was very much, again, without reading the book, I wouldn't have known, but I was like, dang, number four, he just wants a normal life and this guy's keeping him from it. He's also keeping him safe, but like teenagers are a lot of times short-sighted and they, yeah. and 
So that's why I thought I was just like, dang, number four is like a jerk, but so is Henry. And they're like <laughs> at odds yeah, and all this really stuff. Really and they also <laughs> thought that the one, this one scene where they were talking near the beginning when they arrive at their house in Paradise, Ohio. I have to keep saying Ohio because I had no idea where Paradise was for the longest time until like the middle of the movie when it showed that they were in Ohio. <laughs> mm-hmm. But anyway, um, they arrive at the house. He has this poster in his room. Number four does. And it's of the burning Kozar. Yeah, burning Kozar, which is the dog's name eventually. Which, that's not in the book. Just you can go ahead, but I'll. <laughs> well, the, that conversation is really weird. Like he comes around, and based on what we've seen to the up to this point, they don't really strike me as sports fans or fans of watching anything on TV. Like it seems like all his. <clears throat> excuse me. Him. <clears throat> It seems like all Henry ever does is like research stuff on the computer and like keep him safe and secret and like do guardian type things. But he comes around the corner. He's like Bernie Kozar. He played for this and like all this knowledge about football player. I like how it's literally literally a picture of a football player in a football uniform with a football helmet on. And he's like, it's Bernie Kozar. He played football. How would you? Good on (laughs) you. I just, I, it felt like, it felt so weird and awkward and out of place. Yeah. Because I didn't because- believe that we would actually know that. I felt like they just, I asked, I like, I wrote that down. I was like, why are they having this conversation? This adds nothing to the story until they named the dog that. And then I was like, if that was the only reason he could have literally that named literally- the dog that. And then Henry could be like, who's that? And he could be like, it's Bernie Kozar, thus showing the dissonance that apparently the movie wanted them to have. Yeah, the movie, their relationship in the movie was just weird. And the dog has tags that call him Bernie. Like, he doesn't name, um, John doesn't name him. He has a collar that says Bernie Kozar. Okay. And then they make, like, a whole thing about, yeah, they make a whole thing about, like, how he doesn't have tags. And I was like, actually, he does. And it tells you his name. But maybe that was, like something people complained about in the book and they're like, why didn't they take the dog back? I don't remember if there was a reason why they didn't take the dog back or maybe it just said Bernie Kozar. It didn't say an address or anything, which is possible because he wasn't actually a dog. He was a climber, but, um, but he like, his name is Bernie Kozar. They didn't name him that it was on his, it was on his tag. And then they make a point of like, he doesn't have any tags. Nobody wants him. And I was just like, that's not even kind of true and he comes around like a lot like they don't just find him one night like he's around all the time and so yeah that that scene was weird because it didn't do anything to the story it didn't make sense and it didn't help like anything they could have just had a dog tag that said bernie kosar on it like in the book yeah that scene was really really weird and out of place yeah, like they're just their relationship is weird. Yeah, it was. I I wasn't a fan of Henry or Henri and Number Four's relationship. Unfortunately, um, yeah, I did find it weird that a teenager who could get off from school actually wanted to go to school. Although I do understand wanting to be social, but anyway, um, let's see what else I have here. Did you want to continue with characters, and I can talk about yeah. six? Yeah, let's talk about six. Um, do you mind if I go first and then you can talk about the difference between the book and the movie? Because I only know the movie perspective. 
yeah, go ahead and talk about the movie, and then I'll talk about the book. So the problem I have with number six, one was her placement in the movie, meaning they didn't show her enough for the role that she was supposed to have, which is you see her, and at first... I have to admit, uh, the very first when I saw her and she's like going through the house where they start off, which is in Florida somewhere, um, which is why he was on a jet ski and all that. I thought she was Nicole, who was the girl that was about to make out with him in the ocean. <laughs> it's not Nicole, but they look alike. They looked alike to me anyway, but she burns down their house in Florida. You can tell she's also on the path. I got the vibe that she was a good guy, but they were kind of, you know, trying to keep her a mystery and all that. And then the longest time goes on and you don't see her. And I literally wrote down a note like, we haven't seen this one girl in so long. It's too late now. And then they showed her the like two scenes after. I'm like, it's too late. You missed your opportunity to go back to her. If you're going to have this mysterious character also tailing your guy, there, there's times and places to put them in so we remember them and we see them and we learn about them even if you can still keep up the mystery anyway so one they they didn't do timing correctly with her two i have this thing about kind of stereotypical two-dimensional like i i don't want to i don't cuss so i don't want to say it but like bad a girls i don't know how else to say that who show up and they're just I'm like okay so she's been on the run killing Mogadorians who are these aliens all across the country and everything and she has time to get her hair and makeup done and look flawless and just come out with these one-liners and be super like kind of flirty with John so and I didn't know what they were trying to do with that I didn't know if they were just being like hey she's flirty with everyone because she wasn't flirty with Sam or anyone else or if they were like hinting at trying to do a love triangle there, or if they were just making her out to see, like she just shows up and she's like super sexy and super cool and knows everything. And it like does all the, these cool, cool girl stuff, right? She shows up with all the right weapons, all the right knowledge, knowing everything and comes in and just beats the crap out of everybody, helps them defeat the Mogadorians. And then like, it's just a super, kind of mean like callous person and I just had a problem because it was I mean not that we saw enough of her for her to have like a full-on in-depth character arc and growth at least in the movie but I just had a problem with the portrayal of her character I have a problem with that stereotype in general both men and women I'll be honest and I was so disappointed I felt Again, I don't know what she's like in the book. So I didn't know if that's how she was written in the book or not. You're saying she's opposite, so I can't wait to hear that. But I didn't like her character very much. Excuse me. I also um, disliked how she showed up kind of looking like that. I understand in movies you get your hair and your makeup done by professionals. And in books you have a bit more liberty to, you know, you don't see the characters except with your imagination but I'll say this, in Percy Jackson's Sea of Monsters, the book, which I read for one of our podcasts a couple ago, give it a listen if you haven't, um, but in the book, Annabeth, one of the characters, who's a girl, goes across the country being chased by monsters to find this one boy whose monsters are also going to come after him and saves him from monsters. Very, very similar premise, right? And she is described as looking as though she was homeless for weeks, showed up as though she had been fighting monsters. She had twigs and dirt in her hair and smudged and her clothes were kind of dirty. Like you could tell she'd been living on the streets, running across country, fighting monsters. 
She did not show up all glamorous and cool, right? Right. And just for once, I would kind of like a movie to show the reality of if you're homeless and like living on streets and stuff, even if like you have access to hotels and stuff, like you're going to not always show up looking super glamorous. Like she seriously takes time in the morning to like get her hair and makeup like that. And where's her suitcases of stuff? She has no luggage whatsoever. I don't know if her bike had saddlebags or not, but if you're going to be crossing the country in a motorcycle, then yeah. Your hair don't look like that. (laughs) I've been on enough motorcycles (laughs) to know that your hair does not look like that. Anyway, so that's my spiel on not just her, but on the stereotype. Don't make characters two-dimensional if they're going to be a really big part of the story. Okay. That, that's my feel. I agree. I think the way that, okay. First of all, Six does not show up. She's not in any part of the book at all, except for the final battle and the end. Like, we don't know about her. We don't see her. She does not blow up the house. Henri does. Like, well, he doesn't blow it up. He burns it. Like, they burn their entire house down when they leave. She doesn't do that. She's not tracking them. Like, it never shows her um, anything like that. So, she is supposed to be olive-skinned, raven-dark hair. (laughs) 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 Like, and she has no weapons. She just uses her legacy and legacies when she shows up. And also, they kind of make it seem like she can teleport. She can't teleport. She can go invisible. And I was, but yeah, like, she I, looked like she was teleporting. No, she can't tell. She goes invisible, and um, and she like I mean, she does help them in the battle. She's definitely like a war, but she's not like some I don't know. She's not a biker chick. She's not anything that personality. She's not sassy. She's not anything like that. She's just kind of a. This is what needs to happen. This is what we're gonna do. Yeah, you know, like, and um, I do know stuff that happens in the books later on. I didn't read them, but I I know what happens um, in other books as far as, like, what happens with her character. But she is not introduced until the very end of the book. And she is not anything like that. (laughs) She's not. Um, Yes, she does fight, and she's good at fighting. She can go invisible. She can control the weather. And she is fireproof, but they're all fireproof. And John knows that he's fireproof. He's always known that. Sorry. Um, That is actually the video that gets on YouTube is when that house party happens, um, the house gets on fire and he saves her from the fire because he's fireproof. That's what gets on YouTube and gets them in trouble. And the aliens find him. Not him, Um, like, overturning a police car. No, the police have nothing to do with it. He never pisses off the police officers, as far as I remember. I don't remember the police being in it at all. And I was so excited because the house burning scene is a really cool scene. And I was really excited to see it on screen. And then they didn't even do it. And they made the YouTube video about the beginning thing happening, which... That's not how it happened. Anyway, they were in a truck and the girl's name was Tara, but whatever. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) And also, like, I don't know. I, for some reason, I always imagined the, like, burn scars being, like, bands around their ankle. Not giant, big, huge circles that they're going to have nine of them going up their leg. Like, that was 
That was sweet. Um, but yeah, from six, I just didn't like. She didn't look anything like the character, and she doesn't act anything like the character. And they just tried really hard to make her that two-dimensional, stereotypical uh, biker chick. And I didn't really appreciate that. I thought Six is a very cool character, but, um, well, and she's like, oh, yeah, my, um, um, her guardian died three years ago. So she's been on her own since she was 13 years old. And Yeah. So she... Like you said, she's been scraping by. <laughs> she didn't look like that. She just, yeah. She's not a big character in this other than when she comes, she's risking her life. The stakes are higher, you know, and um, what also the motivation that has changed be- in that final battle and what has changed with the relationship between Henri and Luke. So, um, not Luke, John. <laughs> Henri and John. <laughs> so John. I didn't know. I was like, yes, yeah, Luke, the guy from Percy Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> Which is not even, he doesn't even say the right character for this talk. Oh my gosh. I know. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, so John, um, when they, uh, when the YouTube stuff happens, there's the, they need to leave paradise. No, not when the YouTube stuff happens. I think it's even before that, actually. I don't remember. Well, for some reason, when they decide to leave, um, because uh, John makes a big old fuss his first day of school, not good at keeping his head down. Oh, it's after the Halloween debacle. So after the Halloween debacle, which apparently in the movie didn't happen on Halloween, but after that, Henri is like, we need to leave. But then um, he wants to stay. In the movie, it is literally he wants to stay because he's in love with Sarah. And they've been um, together like what three days at that point? Not even together, or like he had known her three days at that point. He had like talked to her like twice. I know, ridiculous. Yeah, and it was like okay. First of all, they'd been dating a long time because he has Thanksgiving at her house. (laughs) Like, um, but like they were dating before that but the reason why he wanted to stay wasn't because it's not my fight and it never was the reason he wants to stay is literally to fight them he's like no i am stronger now i have more legacies now i can fight them like i'm finally ready to fight i don't want to be running around anymore because the idea was that they were going to be stayed separate and stayed safe until um they were they all had their legacies they were trained as warriors which they were doing that's what him and Henri were doing was training um they didn't tell him not to use his powers that was weird in the movie I was actually expecting a training montage at some point or a scene or something like Like, when he got his legacies and he explained oh you're getting your legacies and blah 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 which by the way the explanation came really wait really wait oh my gosh the explanation came really late in the movie I said I was trying to say we were waiting for it and it came late at the same time. (laughs) That or I'm trying to catch a wabbit for dinner. Anyway, um they came late in the movie. They did not explain it well enough. I still I was so confused as to what the heck that that was. And I expected him to be like, now we have to train you because I need you to control it. And then John just goes off 
and runs and is everywhere and i'm like this henry guy is like the worst guardian ever like john just keeps giving him the slip he calls him five times but doesn't show up or do anything more than just call him and let his calls all go to voicemail i I assume like it was weird and like guardian not just like guardian like you know i want i'm legally responsible for this kid but like guardian as in people are trying to kill him so you have to know where he is at all times and train him he never knew where he was and he never trained him yeah that's completely different than the book in the book he already was trained with like his speed and his strength and things like that he was already trained and he didn't have his telekinetic ability yet and Henri was worried about that because he should have gotten it by then and um, it took him a long time to get the knack of the lumen. You know, it didn't like he wasn't just like in the closet and like, no. and then the box glowing to um, alert Henri that his or that his legacy was coming. No, John texts him and is like, I need your help. Like, come to the high school. And that's how he finds him is he t- is uh, John texts him. And, and I feel like they took that out. But what that like. It's just their relationship. Like, yeah. oh, I found, you know, like, it's like, no, the first person John would call when something happened like that would be Henri. Like, that's what it would be. <laughs> you know, like, he, there, that's his father. That's his guardian. That's his lifeline. That's his bodyguard. Like, and when they take that out, it's like, oh, cool. The box glows. It's like alien technology. That's great. And it's like mysterious. But then it's like, yeah, but you're taking away from the, like, cool character dynamic and that kind of bothers me because i i like their character dynamic (laughs) it didn't make sense though even if say in the book that they had a dissonant relationship just for if that was what they were trying to portray in the movie they did a better job at dissonance but it was still a really weird not good relationship it was still ways so even if well that was the relationship in the books. I don't feel like the movie handled it well. And now knowing that it's completely opposite, I, I wonder why they even decided to do that in the first place. Yeah, it doesn't make sense to me. I feel like it's a missed opportunity to not just, like, of all of the things to change in this movie, because I, I recognize that there's a lot in this movie, like the fire is going to be really expensive. And so that's why they changed it to him just flipping a cop car, you know, like, I can I can justify it budget wise, but I can't. You can't justify it budget wise to make the grandfather clock glow, <laughs> you know, instead of sending a text message <laughs> because it shows text messages in the movie. It's not like it's not like that's like a weird thing that they didn't have. Like he gets text messages from her from the girl. He gets text messages from Henri. Like yeah. that would have been a really easy thing to do, and. Yeah, so that I I don't understand why they changed their relationship. It didn't help the story at all. It just made it make less sense. And it didn't make sense that he didn't teach him about his legacies before. And they have like this opening montage where, not montage, um, opening voiceover where he kind of explains things. Okay, yes, I have notes on that. He never explains anything. (laughs) No. And not only does he not explain anything, that narration could have been cut in half. Right. Because he's just talking nonsense. <laughs> so not only did it, but so I here here's the question, the biggest question from the movie that it never answered that it left me with. 
why are the Malgadorians, Malgad- however you pronounce their name, going after them in the first place? They are wanting to destroy all of the rate of the Lorien. They want to destroy Earth, and the uh, Loric are standing in their way. So the Lorians that are the original nine, but now there's like six left of them. Uh-huh. Are, they can't destroy Earth until they've destroyed the Lorians. Right. So that's, that's not wonderfully explained in the books either. Because okay. I, like I said, this is the first this is a first of seven. <laughs> so I'm it sure doesn't explain more details. Yeah. See well, in the movie first person from John and John doesn't understand it. He just knows that they're trying to kill him. So in the movie, they come off as these two-dimensional, they're just evil, and that's why they're doing all of this. Like, they're just evil they, because okay. they love being evil. <laughs> um, if we're going to talk about characters, they did the Mokalians dirty. Like, the first evil of all, alien race? Like, <laughs> yes! <laughs> that's like, what it's like, it's, like, I'm sorry, but... Okay, first of all, so there are two different types of um, whatever, mogs, whatever they call them. Um, There's two different types. There's the scouts and there's the soldiers. And what you see in the movie is neither. (laughs) Like, I don't know what those were. (laughs) Um, Why are they shopping for turkeys? Like, that has nothing to do with anything. Why are they scaring children? No. Like, they are, like... um, I want to say, like, they don't show up on page. You know what I mean? Like, they are scary, in the dark, not, you know, not buying turkeys and wearing fake noses and stuff like that. They had to feed their animal, their pet. But we don't need to see it. (laughs) I know, I'm just... They don't even do the pets right. Like, they're supposed to be a big one and a little one. A littler one. They're both big, but they were both just like flying squirrel-type naked monsters. I didn't like them. I will say they didn't look all that scary. I mean, maybe if in person I saw them, obviously I'd be terrified, but like in lieu of everything going on at the time, they didn't look that scary. (laughs) Yeah, they weren't. No. Well, and there was only supposed to be one of them, and like basically you don't see them. They are phantom scary that type of scary and um and sam is actually the one because he's uh obsessed with aliens he he's like oh yeah i know all about them and uh number four is like wait what you know about them and he's like yeah there's this uh, magazine (laughs) that talks about them and he like takes the magazine and then they go to the magazine that's the whole Henri getting captured and Magnolorians killing him or whatever. Um, so what you're telling me is Sam is the Luna Lovegood of the yeah. I Am Number Four universe. Yes, basically. <laughs> oh, Mama, you, Luna is my favorite Harry Potter character. I would have loved to see a male version. Yeah, he's. I like him a lot, and um, I don't want to spoil anything, but he is great (laughs) you like him throughout the whole thing he's not like he is in the movie he's not 
I mean, he's shy and super smart and like the whole thing with his glasses and his dad and that all cute thing. Like it's, he just, he just different, you know? And I like the Sam in the movie. Like I agree with you where I like the Sam in the movie, but now knowing how he was in the books, or at least in the first book, makes me a little disappointed we didn't get more of that. But I thought the actor did a really good job with what he was given in the movie. And I did, as I said, I liked that character. I just wish we would have seen the a more close version to the book. Yeah, and I, I like it. I, I do like the character. It just wasn't Sam-ish. Yeah. <laughs> but... So the Makadorians, yeah. they were dirty. I, I did feel like they were like, they were really scary. I will give them that. The design and everything was truly terrifying. But doing things like shopping in the supermarket for turkeys or scaring children brought it down a notch. Even like making fun of one like- of the guys for having a comic book brought it, brought it down. I'm like, so is this meant to be like a kid story villain or like a YA slash adult villain? Because those are different things. <laughs> Like yeah, there there are different things that scare different audiences. Yeah, well, they do like they like the way they kill the um. Well, it's a website for the movie, but like the way they kill um, they walk among us like those guys is horrible and scary. But then you have them like talking to Luke and giving them this stupid little speech, and it's fantastic. Like. Sounds like Jim Carrey, like doing <laughs> yeah. a funny like role. And I was just like, when he's holding up uh, John number four, and I was just like, these guys are just wh- why? How? Why are they on screen so much? Like, I'm sorry, but why are they on screen so much? I don't remember them. Like, I'll be honest with you, I don't remember them from the book. Like, that's how little they are on page. <laughs> like. I don't remember them being on page. And you can correct me. If you guys have read the book and you're just like going crazy, like, yes, they are. They're exactly like that. I don't remember them in the book. I remember there was two. There was one that was, they were like the scouts that like went down and found you. And then there was like the soldiers that went down and killed you. And then they had a bunch of beasts. And at the end in the high school, they bring a big, huge one. And then they bring a little one. And then they fight the little one. (laughs) And Bernie Kozar fights one. And almost dies, and it's super sad. And in the movie, okay, can we talk about how they just left him in the bathroom? Like, oh my gosh, that was the saddest thing in the entire world. <laughs> yeah, and I it was like to jump in the screen and be like, "It's okay, Bernie, you live with me now." Like, <laughs> yeah, like, and then like he like shows up at the end, and it's like, "You just left him? <laughs> like, what is wrong with you? Why did you leave him in the bathroom?" Oh, yeah, many wrong things. Yeah, and uh, well, okay. So one of um, John's legacies is that he can communicate with animals, and so he can communicate with Burning Kozar, um, and he can communicate with. But he doesn't know that he can do that because they don't have animals, and so like the lumen is actually like his second special legacy, not his first. Um, but they don't know that. <laughs> And they just didn't even mention that. They just, they, 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 we don't need to worry about that. <laughs> like, How and many then it was, these kids have? Holy they all, day. They have a lot. Yeah. Um, but they each have ones that are specific to them. And then ones that are like, they all have. Um, when you get later into the series, you find out um, 
oh, it's the author's name, Pedicus Lore, Pedicus Lore, whatever, mm. is the author's name. That is, um, he leaves you messages throughout the book that are kind of like, um, like alien transmission with the like scratchy stuff and everything like that. Um, cause I listened to it on audiobook. <laughs> by the way. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's why I know his name is Henri. Uh, but what it's kind of hinted at in this one is that number four has, is stronger than has not necessarily better powers, but is stronger and he continues to get powers uh, legacies when others don't and so there's some other stuff going on later in the in this series so in the movie when six is like oh there's more to come and i have this and, that, and, and then she's like and he's like you're fire resistant and she's like i told you and he was like he's fire resistant he already knows that <laughs> like why whatever <laughs> whatever <laughs> all of them are fire resistant just so you know Oh, that is good to know because well that's weird that they would just do that they they showed that she was fire resistant twice in the movie at the beginning when she like burned down their house and then of course at the end yeah that's a and, fight. but like if they could blow up that house with her like walking towards them and they use all that cg fire like why couldn't they do the house on fire scene i agree leave that part <laughs> out and do the fire scene yeah, that's what I was thinking when you said that it was a fire at the house and I'm and the budget cuts. I'm like, but they did like, they did two big explosions. <laughs> they just like needed why? to like do it in a different place. <laughs> okay, yeah, so we talked about do it So we talked about the characters and their effect on the storyline. So I have a question. Aside from the storyline in the book taking place over basically longer period of time, was it pretty? close to the book in terms of what happened like because not much happened in the movie so it sounds like it aside from it being shortened in the movie and being in spring instead of fall it kept close to the book as far as just the general plot they go to they go to paradise he dates sarah luke's a jerk not luke mark Mark. Yeah. Mark, who plays Luke in a different series. He's such a great actor, by the way. I really enjoy watching him as an actor. Um, because he can tell he's having fun, but he's also good. I love those actors. Anyway, yeah. Mark <laughs> um is a jerk and a bully and Sarah's ex-boyfriend and basically like keeps other people from being her new boyfriend because that's healthy and not at all, you know, abusive in nature. And <laughs> Sarcasm, okay. by the way, if you can't tell, that is abusive. Let police know. Anyway, um, but everything that happened, of course, him and Sam being friends. Does Sam leave with them in the end of the book, like he, he does, does in the movie? Yeah. He does. Yeah, he actually okay. does a lot more <laughs> in the book. Um, that makes sense. And and he does. So I'm trying to think of the sequence of events, but. Basically, he tells Sarah because he saves her from the house, which happens earlier. Um, and then he lies to Henri about how much he told her. And, and that is the only time that he lies to Henri, by the way. Um, and then he has, and then he, t- uh, 
understand does kind of blackmail him a little bit like i know stuff but i think it was the haunted i don't remember if it was from the hayride or not but sam anyway sam finds out um and all he tells him is that he's an alien and he doesn't tell him everything until later um and then he recruits him and he and sam is the one that finds uh Henri and they save him and he's actually a lot more helpful in that fight than in the movie because he's not helpful at all in the movie um he bought the gun Taya. yeah <laughs> sorry i just had because that was like a really big <laughs> thing for them but that gun did come in handy for henry in the movie at least so yeah that scene was different but yeah not it, it wasn't different enough to like be a problem i guess for me other people might have a problem with it but i didn't because that scene was kind of it didn't move the plot like so the rocks thing the blue rocks that's not in the book wait so then how do they find each other they don't (laughs) okay they like (laughs) um okay so remember how i said wait remember how i said that four has legacies that the other ones don't four has visions like when he's so they kind of hint at it when number three dies which doesn't happen but like he sees visions and so he sees them and i think there's a map i don't remember I'm not 100% sure how they figure out how to locate them, but it's not to do with blowing rocks. Especially because those rocks then just kind of dissipated, and I was like, they're not going to, like, yeah, be okay, so what is or <laughs> what was the point? Yeah. That was really strange, so I'm glad that's not part of the books. I mean, I was sure when I saw it that the books probably had a better explanation, because in the movie, they literally just connect these two halves of a rock together it glows it gets symbols on it i'm like okay the symbols will like give them clues or tell them where to go or, or something and then it disappears yeah and i remember like, okay, cool. something... sorry guys for all of you like really hardcore fans i'm failing you but i know that there's like some way that they attract them but it is not a rock um i actually think it has more to do with sam now that i think about it and that's huh. one of the reasons why they bring him. He Sam is very um, useful <laughs> throughout the series, and I don't know why they don't use him um, in the movie. I'll have to try and remember, but I'm not 100 percent sure. Uh- my notes is why do they turn to dust? They don't turn to dust in in the book. Oh, they nobody don't? Turns to, no, nobody turns to dust. They're bodies. They're people. Like, Henri does not turn to dust. And number three does not turn to dust. The um, evil aliens do not turn to dust. Like, nobody turns to dust. I don't know where they got that from. Like, it literally has one of the best, like, death descriptions ever. And it's of, like, the kid that's dying, which, by the way, the kid is in Africa and of African descent. But... Not the point. Um, so you're telling me and- that not only did they do it once, <laughs> but they did it twice where they cast white people in non-white roles. I mean, yeah. <laughs> but anyway. I'm just, um, I'm, just, I'm just saying, if it's described in the book very clearly, it's not that hard to do in, in the movie. Yeah, yeah. And he's in it for like two seconds. 
But anyway, so they have a really, there's a really good description of a death scene. Very sad, very detailed. And it's of his body. His body does not disappear. So just putting that out there. That's really sad. I don't know if I want to read it anymore just because just hearing about <laughs> that makes me sad. Oh, my heart hurts. Okay. Skip the beginning of the book. It's fine. <laughs> So, I mean, I know, but still, I'm looking through my notes to see which genre I want to go to next, because I feel like we did characters and at least how the characters affected the story and everything. For me, fast, and also at the same time, late on many things, such as explaining the legacies and what they were, and the fact that I never actually got a full explanation of said legacies. Like My note was literally like, explanation for the legacies feels late in the movie. And then underneath that, shouldn't Four already know about his parents and the planet he's from, which in the book he does, in the movie he does not, and he gets like a one-time, one-sentence explanation for both his powers and his parents and planet. So, you know, good job you know, in that. <laughs> um, as we said, it was very quickly, he fell in love with Sarah. It was only like three days. And the movie didn't try to explain it like we fall in love at first sight like that's just how love works for us it was like once we fall in love we stay in love is that from the book do you know do you remember that detail I don't remember that detail I, re- I was watching it and I was like I don't remember that being in there I do know that like he they do go very gushy love like he is very much in love with Sarah and he is a gushy guy so that line of like you're all I think about like really is something <laughs> he would say. like I don't know if he actually says it but it I was not upset at that line because he's super gushy. I was upset about the fact that this was like their first date and they had only met once, <laughs> but um, because that yeah. like they get gushy later on, like he's at school for a very long time before yeah. it happens. And like when mm-hmm. he gets his lumen, he like they, and they decide to stay. They're there for months and yeah. months. Like the school year is almost over by the time the, they, um attack him and stuff like that so he him and sarah's relationship is like it's an ongoing it's a long relationship it's not insta love or anything like that um yeah he is good i don't remember them having the whole they will only fall in love once because he does have a like later in the in the series he has a thing for six Mm -hmm. um See, they were hinting at it. I knew they were hinting at it. Yeah. I mean, they're mm-hmm. not going to do another movie, so I feel like I can spoil it a little bit. But um, I, mean, I was going to read the book, but it was, I, I pretty much guessed that there was going to be a love triangle between Six and Four and Sarah because of how, yeah. all the shots they did between Sarah and Six looking at each other and the way Six interacted with Four, even though I hated it. And Yeah, it's... Um, how do I want... Uh, how can I put this delicately? One-sided, <laughs> I guess is the way that I would say it. I wanted to spoil it for you, but I, I won't. I won't. I'm going to read the books. To- so, no, no. I'm, I'm going to read the books after this. I've decided that I'm intrigued enough to I read the wanna read. I want to read the rest of them because I know a lot of what mm-hmm. happens um, because I know, well, I know a lot of what happens because but I read a lot of synopsises of them because that's what I do. I'm weird. Um <laughs> You're fine. I know yeah, a lot about really, movies that I've never seen. I know like actors in them, and I know a lot of things about things yeah. that I haven't ever watched. So <laughs> I'm also weird. Really 
I do know that I know that he has a crush on six at some point um and so I'm I don't remember if that is a factor in it as to how that love triangle works out (laughs) but yeah so I don't know if that's just something like we just fall in love for good I don't remember that at all and I feel like I would have remembered it but if you guys have read the book and you know comment and let us know if that is a thing in the book because I don't remember it being in the book um which part I just remember about they only fall in love once and it's forever and all that stuff yeah I do remember it was very gushy because it's from a teenage boy's perspective and he is is very gushy about his girlfriend (laughs) i feel like teenage boys get a bad rap in teenage well when you write um whatchamacallit when you write from their perspective Mm-hmm. I feel like they get a bad rap and they think only about one thing and one thing. Else. But mo- all the teenage boys I've known in my own experience and then like my my friends, younger siblings and all this stuff, they're very much every bit as romantic and gushy and want to make sure they look good for their date and like do nice things for their date as teenage girls would be, you know, yeah. they're every bit of, of of that. Honestly, sometimes more. I feel like teenage boys are even more wanting to be the Romeo to someone's Juliet, honestly. And when you hear about men talk about their high school crushes and how they were. So I kind of like that fact that they made number four super gushy. I Like, that's really endearing me to him before I'm even reading the book. Um, and I <laughs> yeah, did like I, that line. I thought the line was too soon in the movie of all I think about is you, but I liked it as a line for him. Yeah, I feel like, so they have a ton of, like, um nothing's really happening but music is playing like those type of scenes yeah um and they have them at weird times because like on his first day of school when he's like avoiding people and stuff and he's like an outcast and it's like this feels like the scene after like you know in a regular teenage movie where like they do something really dumb and they get caught and everybody kind of hates them and this is them dealing with the aftermath like that's what it felt like and I'm like you've never met these people before why are you (laughs) having a musical montage about how boring your life is you haven't you know it's like it's something that happens like after you break up with someone you know like that's what happens you just kind of go through your day with music playing in the background and it's just like this nothing's happened yet why are you already like this I also reminded me a bit of when Bella arrives at Forks High School, how everyone is like, oh, you're the new kid in a really big high school. But he's like in a big high school. He's not, it's not like a little, right? I mean, I know it's a small town, but like the high school looked large enough. I don't know. I don't know how much I really like the whole like, oh, you're the new kid thing. Yeah, I think they tried to play it off in the movie as because Sarah is the one that shows him where his locker is. And the not Luke guy sees it, and <laughs> that's why they pick on him. <laughs> you knew who I meant. <laughs> I know. That's what's making me laugh is the fact that I know exactly who not Luke is. Every movie we ever see him in from here on out, he's just going to be not Luke. Right. <laughs> He'll be Luke, finally. I kind of want yeah, one so day. We, one day, I want to hire him for a role and have his name be Luke, just to throw the balance <laughs> of the world off. Nice. 
yeah um, so when when he sees them together that's when they decide to pick on him um okay so yeah that that didn't bother me as much with the whole you're the new kid thing it bothered me that he was like ridiculously good looking and super charming at the beginning and then all of a sudden he goes to school and he can't talk to anyone and it like it didn't make sense with his character from the movie you know like it kind of made sense from his character in the book because he was a nerd and he was awkward and um in the movie he's like super charismatic and fun and everybody likes him and it's like which one is he guys like are you gonna change his character or to be like super outgoing and fun or are you going to like leave him the same way that he was in the book I felt the so. reason he did that, that at least at the Paradise High School, is because Henry was telling him to lay low. But yeah, he never really pulls out the charismatic, the charisma ever again from the opening scene. Yeah, which is weird. And um, he's so angry. I don't. I didn't. I didn't get the sense that he was ever angry, and it's from his point of view, like. Yeah. You know, and so, like, but in the movie, he's portrayed as being very, like, resentful towards his life. And this is not my fight. It never was. And it's, like, that's not why he stayed. He stayed because he wanted to fight them. And he felt like he was finally ready because he had this new legacy. So that just changes his character completely. I don't know. And the fact that he's, like, so suddenly in love with her and, like, willing to die for her. And it's, like okay no (laughs) like yes he wanted to stay because of her but he also wanted to stay because he was ready to fight he was ready to have this big old battle with them and you know she was part of it but not like literally because he knows nothing about the legacies he knows nothing about anything because Henri didn't train him or teach him (laughs) it really does have to be just about a girl that you met three days ago (laughs) you know like no no they were together for a long time and um, they were together for a long time after they decided to stay. So I don't know yeah. why they decided to speed it up, you know? That, yeah, that that threw the timing off for the deep connection that they had. Some other kind of really weird transitional things or one transitional thing that happened, transition, excuse me. So... In the movie, because this does not happen in the book, but in the movie, Henry gets stabbed while they're driving a truck to save number four from getting stabbed, right? Two things. One, I think that was the slowest stab I've ever seen in a movie. Yeah. It was so slow. And I'm sure in real life, stabbing isn't like super... I mean, I don't know. I've never seen anyone get stabbed in real life. I have no interest in knowing that information personally, but in movies, that was the slowest step I've ever seen. And it kind of rooted me out. And then the transition from their one second, they're in the car, in the truck, talking with Henry talking. And then in the next split second, Henry is lying down by train tracks and they're on the side of train tracks. And it wasn't like a smooth, nice train. It was just all of a sudden out of nowhere. The weirdest transition I think I've ever seen. I wasn't paying attention at that part because I was writing down, wait a second, he's not supposed to die here, but um, <laughs> maybe, but yeah. I was, maybe I missed something. Maybe there was a transition and I missed it because I was writing down a note about that was the slowest stab I've ever seen. But like, from what I remember, I was looking, he was talking, like in the middle of talking, and then I look, and they're at the train tracks, and it was just like, when did it, how, what, where, what? 
Maybe he has teleportation powers too. <laughs> I don't know. But I mean, it was like they had pulled over, but I don't remember seeing them pull over. I don't remember Henry asking to be pulled over. I was like, why did they pull over? Why are they not trying to get him to a hospital or home or something? Like they just stopped on the side of the train tracks. He's going to die. But again, it doesn't happen in the book. It was the movie's own creation. So that was weird. Um, oh, also, this is, I don't know where this would fit in, but this is about John and just one line of his. When in the in the woods, when Mark, who's the not Luke guy, sends his friends to basically like fight John and kidnap Sarah and bring her to him so he can talk about what happened with them. John, you know, fights them off and then he gets one of them, pins him to a tree and asks, where is she? Meaning Sarah. He was Batman in that moment. He sounded like (laughs) Batman. It was the exact same line from Batman, which I realize it's not plagiarism because that's a very common question. If a girl gets kidnapped, where is she? But he sounded, it was, where is she? Like, (laughs) he had the gravel, his voice changed. He was full on Christian Bale Batman in that moment. And I just thought it was really funny. (laughs) What if the actor did that as a throwaway take and they kept it? You're like, ooh, good job. Keep it. <laughs> like, you just sound you sound just like someone else I know. Um, and then my third thing, now this messes up the pacing of the movie really weird. And I also thought it was really kind of stupid move, but maybe it happens in the book. Let me know. In the movie, John hands her the film of all the pictures. Well, I guess it doesn't happen in the book because by then she knows who he is. So in the movie, he hands her the undeveloped film, says, you know, everything about who I am is on this. I have to leave and meet Sam now because Sam just got this very dangerous, this rock that people are after and is in danger and I have to meet him. But she- instead she's like, come with me. And I'm thinking maybe she's going to take him to some sort of hideout. And she takes him to the dark room, which is where you develop film in the high school to develop the film. Not to hide, like legitimately, they're developing film. And poor Sam is waiting for him with this rock that these evil mogs are after and killing for. And he's taking time to develop pictures in the dark room with his girlfriend. And can I just knowing the police were after him and evil aliens. Can I just tell you, it takes a long time to develop raw film into a picture. Oh, it takes hours. It's not a fast little let's go, let's do it. Like, no, they're just like pulling out the pictures and stuff. And it's like, so because he doesn't have the film developed, like, he doesn't give her developed film, he gives her the canister of the raw film, which means you have to put all of the stuff together, put your arms through the little thing, put it onto the thing. Like, it's a whole process. There's different things you dip it into. There's like three, there's like three little bins of liquid that you dip it into. that's the pictures like yeah. i'm not even talking getting to the pictures like once well, you actually have the film itself developed then you have to put it on to the sheet you have to first of all let it dry then you have to put it on to a sheet and then it goes onto the photo paper and then it goes into the chemicals like it is a it is not a fast process they had to have been there for a very long time <laughs> and they just killed there like, for like three go, days go, running, running running and then it's like Oh yeah, we're just gonna hang out here and make out in the dark room. Like, <laughs> it was the weirdest was... thing ever. Yeah, and was... I will say, my dark room knowledge comes from the movie Funny Face. So I'm glad to know that <laughs> Funny Face also sped up the film processing 
process. Yeah. It's not a quick thing <laughs> for sure. That's so weird. I just, I felt that really halted the pacing and also made me almost hate Sarah because in the movie, again, not in the book, but in the movie, they had police after them and these evil aliens. And she was just mad at him like five minutes ago because, again, in the movie, she didn't know who he was. And she's like, Who are you? And he saves her. Yeah, she's like, Your dad's some sort of terrorist or something. And then he like saves her by using supernatural abilities, which apparently makes Mark not a jerk anymore, by the way. Who Mark the not Luke guy. Um Yeah. Which well, does that okay, happen in the book? Does he stop being a jerk in the book? <laughs> well, he's actually okay. So <laughs> he does stop being a jerk in the book but in the book so okay in the movie first of all i just have to say they throw him against a two-story window like i was like wait did they just kill him like he doesn't die what and then no he's fine and he has absolutely not a scratch on him like he's totally fine at the end of the movie i was just like wait what on anyway so that was weird but yes he's at the battle and actually four tells him to take care of sarah and so they like he makes Sarah leave the battle so she's safe. Yeah. Sam doesn't do that. Sam is there fighting and he actually saves six and four at different times during the battle. And yeah. um, and Mark is the one that's taking care of Sarah and like, you know, hurting her out because she, you know, doesn't want to leave. He doesn't want to leave her boyfriend, but she's useless <laughs> in the fight. So the best thing is for her to be away so she doesn't yeah. put them in danger from having to protect her. And so Mark is the one having to usher her out so that she doesn't kill everybody from needing to be protected. Exactly. So, <laughs> so yeah, so Mark does, I mean, he becomes not aggressively a jerk and he accepts the fact that Sarah is no longer interested in him. And yeah, but his character development is like, he's a nice guy if you want to play on the team and then, well, no, he's just going to, you want to be friends with Sam, so he's just going to make fun of you, and he's going to bully you and put paint in your locker and, um, make, like, say five words to you, and then he does the whole prank with the haunted hayride, which, by the way, okay, I want to talk about the hayride. So, on the hayride, it's just, in the movie, it's just Sarah and um, number four, and then why is Sam wandering around the haunted hayride that he just magically shows up? It's like, <laughs> what? I thought he was following them for some reason. I didn't, I never understood why he was following them. But I was like, okay, yeah, it make be creepy, sense. follow your friend on his date. Like, that's, that's cool, I guess. No, it was a bunch of people. It was, and Sam was there. Like, he was on the hayride with them. They, there was a bunch of people in the hayride, including the three of them. And then there's another girl that Sam has a crush on. I think she was there. I'm pretty sure she was there. But because um, she's not in the movie at all. Then they just have other people on the hayride. Like they wanted it to be like a sweet little intimate date because they don't give them any other character relationships. But it didn't make sense that Sam was there because he's just like wandering around the, the haunted hayride thing. Haunted place. Yeah. Yeah, no, that was really, really weird. I agree. I will say, though, my favorite moment of Sam in the whole movie is when he has one of, like, the guns from the Mogs, and he and Sarah, you know, they're getting out, and he shoots one of the Mogs around the corner, and she looks at him, and he's like, I play a lot of Xbox. 
yeah <laughs> that was my favorite line i think in the movie um he he does that not for sarah but he does yeah. that for four and he saved six so i feel fight. like it would have been much more epic if he said it to four or six but he says it yeah. to seven. i think he, he says it to six i'm pretty sure he's i don't know if he says xbox but he might just say like video games or something i don't remember but I did like that Sam moment, but it was kind of, he came, kind of came off as like the creepy friend with no boundaries right then when he followed them into the hayride. Yeah, because it made no sense. I didn't like that part. I was just like, why, why is he just all of a sudden there? Because it shows like the haunted hayride and it shows the different attractions. And he wasn't at the beginning of the hayride. He was like within the attractions. And so, yeah. and then he's like, who's there? Is that real? You know, and then he runs after him. And I was just like, why didn't they just have Sam there? Like, they're supposed to, like, they were best friends. Like, you're supposed to show that they're best friends. And they don't <laughs> really, like, I don't, I feel like Sam doesn't like him for, like, a good portion of the movie. And the only time that he actually befriends him is when he finds out he's an alien in the movie. Like, that's what it feels like. Yeah, because he tells them, you know, I know you're new here, but don't hang out with me. You'll find out quickly. And and then he gets the pictures from the woods and, like, blackmails him, but he doesn't actually have pictures from the woods. He's yeah. a picture of his dog, which I thought was funny. <laughs> yeah. But I also kind of didn't like four in that scene, though. Can we talk about that? Like, he turned really threatening, like, you know I could hurt you. Like, I know that your security and, and privacy right hand but it was just kind of so sudden that he would be that instead of pleading or explaining he just written right to i will threaten this kid who's supposed to like, be my how many, like number four is not very likable in the movie honestly because he's like he's the brooding romantic type in the movie you know but he's not like friendly <laughs> and then when he and he's angry and he's like resentful towards Henri and then um when that happens you're just like well because he does the whole like almost breaking the arm thing um, yes and then he's like threatening like he's like a jerk <laughs> and I'm just like that's not no and here's another thing like, I just want to put out there if you see someone lose like lose their crap and almost break someone's arm in a situation where it didn't warrant their arm being broken like it wasn't like pure self-defense this guy will legitimately kill us if we don't injure them to the point where they can't come after us Mm -hmm. you know like he wasn't threatening their lives mark wasn't i really kind of hate that whole trope in movies where the girl's like oh it's okay i'm just gonna go and calm me down like it's okay you lost your temper and i'm like no it's it's kind of not like don't run after people who just lost their crap and almost broke someone's arm or did what or killed them or or whatever it be i i don't know i have a problem with showing that in movies and tv and that being like a normal okay thing to do because i feel like a lot of people's reactions a lot of the time would be like holy crap that guy has the ability to do that and not only the ability like technically but uh, like will lose to the point where they would do that like because you can be a black belt and know how to do it but never reach that point except out of necessity you know and so i i kind of hate that she followed him was like it's all right like let's go here and like be all romantic and i'm like you just watched him completely lose his crap and almost break someone's arm unnecessarily that's not a 
thing where you go and then comfort them like you you would be i would be scared personally i would be like um i'll find my own way home thanks like i'll find someone that I would with me. maybe sam i'll find sam to walk home with me because apparently in the books <laughs> he can fight <laughs> yeah i don't know that i would necessarily be scared or anything like that i don't think that i don't think that his character was made sense and the fact that he was randomly losing control and being angry and he was resentful like he's a teenage kid he i don't remember exactly what happens in the with the hayride and stuff i know um they do kidnap him he does freak out um he does use his powers against them um yeah i don't don't like the way that they portrayed his character just in general with with yeah there were certain moments that i liked his character and then there were certain moments where i really didn't like his character specifically like yeah when he's like threatening sam and stuff and whenever he's talking to henry or henry um (laughs) i it just kind of bothered me so i don't know i was more distracted by that but yeah i was thinking like i shouldn't have lost control like that and it's like yeah no duh like you were (laughs) in control of yourself because you told him you were going to break his arm you know yeah like, it wasn't like uh, if you were out of control it would happen you wouldn't have foreknowledge that I'm going to break your arm really well I don't know there are some people who like when they see red you know but um, I'm not gonna go into like anger, anger. yeah anger. but, but you, know yeah. Me. you know me I'm, I'm terrified of anger so for me having I hate it when they show people who lose their anger in a violent way and then people follow them and like it's all right I'm like give them a night to cool off and then talk to them but that's me that's how I would handle a situation that's how I would buy someone else to handle a situation I think that's good advice I don't know that that's necessarily it depends on the person it depends on how like if I had known someone for a day I definitely like in her situation I definitely wouldn't have been like oh no exactly fine like it was their um, first day yeah, if I knew the person and I if I knew the person and I trusted them and like that type of situation is different you know but well, in the yeah. movie she literally like has known him for like 10 seconds and just trusts that he's okay now um so I every situation is a little bit different I'm not going to advise people to hang around <laughs> with angry people <laughs> they don't know if there's red flags, then recognize them as red flags and treat them as such. So that that's my advice. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, there was something about his character that just I didn't like. Oh, I was gonna say I did like the actor though. I thought the actor was good. I didn't feel it's not his fault for the character he chose they um that he played, but I did like the actor for number four. Yeah, I, I didn't have any issue with casting in this movie. No, they cast other really than, well. Other than the eight, like the evil aliens, because I don't think that was as like, but everything that they did, they did wrong with them. So that wasn't necessarily <laughs> the casting director. That was the director, the casting director, the writer, everyone involved was, yeah. So <laughs> the last category I, I have here are effects and editing, by the way. Okay. So effects, um, there was some pretty good effects for the time. There was some pretty bad effects for the time. <laughs> um, so the CGI for like Bernie Kozar, that scene didn't really make sense because he turns 
like huge in the truck and then the truck is perfectly fine what <laughs> like I was like why are they destroying the truck and then like in the next scene or at the end scene the truck is fine and they're driving away in it so I was like okay apparently he wasn't that big of a dog when he like became huge um the effects of like the monsters was fine I didn't necessarily like the fact that they made them just two of the same monster and they were just kind of there. I didn't like that they didn't make Bernie Kozar a dragon without wings. <laughs> and I didn't really... the fi- There was a lot of fire scenes that the CGI was pretty, pretty rough. <laughs> but, I mean, this wasn't a crazy high-budget film. It was a typical budget film. You know, like, it, it had a big budget... But it wasn't, I don't know. Fire yeah. is very difficult to CGI, apparently. I don't know why, because I've seen it done really well. And it's actually the very first thing that they ever learned how to CGI. So, but for some reason, it doesn't work well on green screens. And there was, like, when the house blows up and her green screen is very obvious. Yeah. Um, the editing wasn't too bad except for some random transitions and then like where he's randomly out of the car and um bernie kozar is still in the car (laughs) yet somehow (laughs) gigantic and yeah there was just little things like that um that bothered me as far as editing i'm trying to look at my other notes i don't really have a whole lot of notes on the um effects and stuff just because I feel like they were fine like they weren't so bad that it's like oh my gosh these were so bad but they're not like good to like like, they're not like praiseworthy or anything like the little shooting uh laser things from the guns were typical you know like they were all it was all very typical it wasn't crazy cheesy to where it was horrible but it wasn't done like super well to where it was seamless you know it was just kind of there you know yeah and the editing I mean I this is another we don't know exactly what they had to start off with if they had more time written into the movie and for whatever reason the editor and the director were like yes we shall make it only three days instead of months on end and I actually don't know why a lot of movies shorten timelines as though it's harder to make it appear as though it's been months and months I, it re- I don't understand it. I don't either. It's it's I, probably like, what other movies have. And all it does, all it serves to do is you have to speed up the plot, character connection, so they seem less sincere. Right. And it's not hard to, it, like, it's not hard to show time, like, time passage in movies. Like, mm-hmm. it's been done a thousand times like if they would have had like the training montage like you said when he gets his lumen that could have shown the passage of time (laughs) if they like went through um if they had admitted that it was halloween and then on thanksgiving he's going over to her house you know to have dinner with her family and finally his tele that's when he gets his telekinetic powers by the way is when he's at her house having thanksgiving dinner with them <laughs> oh what a wonderful a wonderful little... time to get it <laughs> yeah a little oh, bit I of a debacle i had by the way so 
remember our very last episode we did was on Little Mermaid, and we talked about the fortune teller being OP and being able to start the car. Uh huh. <laughs> and then we watched this movie, and he's being told that he could start the car without keys, and he starts the car <laughs> with his power. <laughs> like how? What? What is that? <laughs> what power mean? is that? What exact is it? Telekinesis that can turn on cars? Is it? Yeah. Well, that's his power. Is telekinesis. So I'm assuming that if you're telekinetic, you can turn on a car. I just, I don't know. It was just really funny to me that we went off last week about her being OP and she was able to do <laughs> quite a bit of what he's able to do, might I add. But yeah. his doesn't. It does his doesn't provide him only when the pr- plot is convenient. Except, I don't know if it happens in the book, but in the movie, that felt very plot convenient to me. The start the car part. Yeah, and that's around. not in like that whole scene's not the same, so that's not in the cool the book. Anyway, don't have your characters be able to start cars only when it's inconvenient <laughs> at a height of tension. Maybe they have them try it a few times before and get some practice in just to help ease mm-hmm. ease the way. Or just don't have them start cars. Just have them have the keys. It's so simple. Yeah. That's- that's fine. Like, that's all you need. My, I only have one note left. Cool. And it is the most annoying thing. And it's the thing that made me hate the movie or roll my eyes at the movie the first time I saw it. And then I watched it again. I was just like, yep, still there. Um, so, <laughs> uh, six, co- six shows up. They're at the high school and they are, uh, fighting the monsters and they hide behind a desk and <laughs> six is like hit me and he's like what hit me with your lumen i need energy i need to power up <laughs> and she like holds his hand over and he does this lumen over her and it like makes her stronger and then later in the fight he's like attacking the monster that is flying over their head and has her and so he's like hitting her to make her stronger and hitting the thing to make it weaker and i was just like what just so all of you know, that's not a thing. Like, Lumen <laughs> doesn't magically power people up. It's a light and fireballs from his hands. Like, no. He would have cooked her. Like, <laughs> Even though she's fire resistant? It, like, it's so, it's so cheesy and, like, hit me. And it just, I don't know. I can't, I can't watch that without just, like, rolling my eyes. Like, What? <laughs> What? They were trying to build tension between the characters. I'm telling you, they were really ramping up the potential love triangle with with those three. But then they do, like, they straight up do that you're only in love, love forever. So they, so I don't know, the, I guess the other thing was going to be they were going to have six have a crush on him and never be fulfilled in her love. I don't know. They ramped yeah, up something like, that they then made impossible to do. Yeah, like within their own lore, it doesn't make sense. And but they built up to it. I don't remember. Sense. I don't remember if it is in the book or not. But if it is in the book, and they just kind of explain it away, and because I I haven't read the next book where he he gets a crush on six. I haven't actually read that, so I don't know like, how it happens, guys. I'm sorry. Um, we'll have to read them and uh. I don't know, do a book podcast instead of a movie podcast. I don't know. <laughs> Just to update everyone but on yeah. what actually happened. <laughs> update everybody. But yeah, it was just, it was weird. And I really like that line. 
just it I don't know that's what I always remember about this movie is when she's all hit me and just I can't you guys yeah the, and the fact that she like expected him to know exactly what that what she meant by that like you came in this you you've seen how little he knows and yet you're sitting there saying hit me what if he had like legitimately just punched her like because he's okay did you like when she says hit me with your lumen like did you remember what lumen was because they only mention it like once no (laughs) like he's like does he even say I knew what Lumen is because of the Latin root of it. Thank you, Harry Potter, and also Latin class. <laughs> I took I, I took Latin in seventh grade because that is how big of a nerd I am. So I know the Latin roots to a lot of words. So because I knew the Latin root and because of Harry Potter, Loomis, I knew it meant light. I remembered light came from his hands. I did not remember it being said in the movie at any point in time. That doesn't mean it wasn't. That just means I didn't remember it, which means they didn't explain it fully enough so that the audience would be like, oh, yes, the lumen, the thing from his hands. Yeah, like, I feel like the only time they ever talk about it is when he's explaining what the legacies are. And when he's explaining what the legacies are, they never talk about it again. Like, he never explains what it is or how it works or how to control it. And Who like, trains him or, yeah, the movie, let's, uh, okay, final missed opportunities for overall movie. For me, Miss Opportunity was actually following the pace of the book in terms of how long everything took place over a, basically an almost full school year and also everything with characters. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it, like I have heard people say like because the characters in the book, like Sam's the typical nerd with the glasses and... Mark's the typical jock who's a bully and Sarah's the typical like I used to be a cheerleader you know like I get that they're very typical characters but in this one they made them like individually better characters but they missed the character relationships like the reason why Sam was a nerd with glasses was because the glasses belonged to his dad like he wasn't a typical nerd with glasses like there was a story behind it you know and so I just kind of the relationship between Henry and four was just wrong. Like it just didn't flow well. It didn't um, make sense to me. Like he's been with him since before he can remember, you know, like he wouldn't be resentful of like, you know, like I feel like they act like he's resentful towards like an uncle that, you know, he, he took over his life and stuff. Like, he doesn't remember his parents. Henri is his father, you know? He's not angry at his life and the fact that he has to live this way. He knows he has purpose. And, like, I don't know. It just... And I think another missed opportunity was keeping the storyline, like, the stakes of the final battle with Bernie Kozar, with... Henri being there you know like I think that they got rid of all of the everything that made it emotional and tried to make it cool and that was pretty much all that sick was like they took away like her tragic past and the fact that she's been alone for three years and the fact that she's risking her life to save them and stuff like they just take that out yeah make her very like you said just a two-dimensional biker chick you know and I just 
yeah, I agree. They, they miss the mark on character and um, they miss the mark on all of them. I want to say Sam because he, he was the one that like was a lot. He was like funnier, more charismatic in this one had less of a um, stereotypical type of character arc, but he was also less like he was more pointless in this one. He wasn't, John's best friend you know mm-hmm. he was only friends with John when he found out he was an alien mm-hmm. yeah I feel I kind of feel sad that the movie franchise won't continue I do every time every time they try to make a book series into movies and that you don't get to continue after one or even two because the movies were so bad I feel sad not that the people making the movies don't continue but that we don't get a cinematic world of those books because they messed up their chance so bad. And it's rare for them, for people to be like, Oh yeah. remember that failed movie or movies back then of these book series. We want to do, try to do that again, but this time do it right. Not a whole lot of right. studios will take a chance on it. So we've kind of lost. I am number four in, until and unless someone is willing to pick it up again and redo it. And I'm kind like of like a stream. <laughs> yeah. Like, like what's stream. happening with Percy Jackson exactly they're doing a live action tv series with percy jackson they're also doing a live action tv series of the last airbender i which i'm upset about book. because they already have a four-term <laughs> tv show it's literally it's just gonna be the same show live that's my biggest issue with them turning books into like a tv series yeah is because a lot of TV series based off books do absolutely nothing yeah. from the books. <laughs> you know, because then they run the story. Yeah. Huh? Well, Vampire Diaries. I've never read the books, but I've heard from multiple people and like reading comments that Vampire Diaries try kind of maybe did the first book and then after like halfway through the season or maybe all of season one, they just completely left the books behind and did their own thing is what I heard. Yeah, basically. I've only read one book and it was nothing like that. First of all, Elena is like a blonde-haired, blue-eyed girl. Yeah. <laughs> like, She's like an angel very, or fairy or something supernatural something like that. It's a whole, yeah, it's like a whole different premise. Yeah, so I, well, and like The Seeker, which is a sort of truth tr- um, series, and literally the only thing that's the same is the name so you know like I feel like they do that a lot when they make series out of books and so I don't have a whole lot of hope for the Percy Jackson ones (laughs) just because if they follow the books then they don't they have a set amount of episodes like that's it they can't do any more um and if you know they get canceled at some point then they don't finish the story you know and so it's it's funny because that's like I want to see books as series because then it's like oh you can do everything that way you don't have to condense it into just a movie and like a feature film time length but people don't do that (laughs) they don't do every little detail of a book because the book is not set up in episodic um no little pieces it's set up as a book you know it has a storyline that is a complete storyline 
So yeah, I don't have a whole lot of hope <laughs> for the new Percy Jackson. And I don't have a whole lot of hope if they were to do this um, in a series. But yeah, and if they were to redo it, because like I said, I didn't have a problem with any of the casting. I guess mm. I didn't like the casting for six because she looks nothing like what they described. And she looked a little too much like Sarah. <laughs> like She was basically like Sarah with a makeover and her Australian accent. Yeah. So. She also looked like the girl <laughs> from the beach. All, all, all the girls that four had a type has a type is what they were trying to tell us in the movie. Because <laughs> I genuinely thought that number six was Nicole, the girl from the ocean, for a good like half an hour of the movie. <laughs> because I, <laughs> I, I thought that was her burning the house down, and then I saw her when I finally saw her again, which was way too late. I was like, oh, no, that's not Nicole, but they look similar. And then when I saw her and Sarah in the same frame, I'm like, oh, look, four has a type. (laughs) Very clearly. Yeah, so I wouldn't wouldn't cast her (laughs) again, but all the other casting I didn't have any issue with, I think. Yeah. Um, They all did a pretty good job. And for what they did with the character of six i thought that girl did fine it wasn't her fault like no she was a great actor Um, for the part it's the writer's fault for writing it two-dimensional writing the part yeah so i overall i don't hate this movie i think it's perfectly fine as a little teenage sci-fi love story i just think it took a emotional like teen coming of age story that happened to have aliens and turned it into a very blank slate easy to do (laughs) very stereotypical teen movie with aliens they made it instead of like an emotional coming of age good connections with character story that happened to have aliens they made it aliens with some kind of teenage subplot and characters but mostly aliens yeah, and it, and it doesn't explain anything about the aliens. You don't know anything about Loring, and you don't know anything about the Lork people. Like, Mm-mm. all you know about is that the scary monster guys feed their monsters turkeys. Like, you know? <laughs> Lots of them, uh, with the plastic on and everything, which I thought was weird. Yeah, I... Yeah. The only shame... Not the shame, but like the only thing that I'm I would be sad about if they were to remake it is the fact that we couldn't have the same cast because I really did very much enjoy the cast that we had, the main cast that we had. But if they were to redo it, all those characters would be way too old, even though Hollywood is in the habit of casting older characters or, or older actors to play teenage characters, they're beyond the age of being able to fool people even in Hollywood's terms. So that would be my only sadness, honestly, is that we we would have to have a different cast. So I agree. If only the writing were better. That's that's the greatest tragedy tragedy of this. They could have done a series if only the writing for the movie had been better. Well, and I feel like they didn't market it very well because it wasn't marketed as a sci-fi. It was just marketed as well basically the commercial was the beginning the opening scene they're hunting us in order and it doesn't give any information and then when you watch the movie it doesn't give any more information you know so I feel like it just wasn't marketed well and it didn't have a giant budget but it didn't have like it didn't have a good enough 
following to um, justify the budget that it had. It just, yeah, it just didn't work. And I'm sad that it didn't work because it was a fun sci-fi story. Like it's not the best book in the world. Like I said, a lot of the characters are very stereotypical. The plot is not complicated at all, you know, but as someone who reads, you know, YA novels a lot, Mm -hmm. I thought it was right on par with everything else. Like it was good. It wasn't fantastic or mind blowing, but it was good. And so I feel like it just, it could have been good and it was just kind of meh. And is a little, is not good enough for the budget that it had. Like it didn't make enough money. So that's my final Mm. thoughts on it. And yeah, so that's what I think. I think if I were a teenage single girl, I would watch the movie several times over for the main male characters in the, (laughs) kind of like how we used to watch episodes two and three of Star Wars for Hayden Christensen, even though they weren't the best Star Wars movies. (laughs) (laughs) um but as an adult married woman and someone who was looking at it from a perspective of what are the missed opportunities with this movie I agree it was very meh for what it was as an entertainment value I could sit down and I could watch it for entertainment and be perfectly fine I could watch it again and be perfectly fine might change my mind once I read the book myself but yeah once you take a deeper look it's just it could have been so much better and it wasn't. And that's a true tragedy. Well, there, I mean, <laughs> those are our final thoughts on it. Let us know if you agree, if you disagree and think we're all just full of crap. If I remember things wrong from the book, you can let me know. I won't, it won't hurt my feelings. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So you can find us on uh, Instagram and Facebook and hopefully Twitter soon. <laughs> and if you want us to do a movie, uh, let us know if there's any movies out there that you think are could be great movies but had a lot of missed opportunities. Let us know on any of those social medias. Your Little Sisters Productions. Yes. And signing off, this is Laura. And this is Taya. Bye. Bye.